0: Thank you. And welcome back to a very happy What The Fork Sunland review show. A superb second half from the lads, meaning that we have our first win of the season. And bizarrely, we sit second in the championship. Um, but as always, we're going to be here to review all of the talking points from the 3-2-in over Bristol City with some familiar faces. Um, first and foremost, we've got regular potter Brad Sharp. Brad, how are you, mate? You okay?
1: Yeah, very good, Graham. Um, Yeah, just I want to get into it now. If you thought I was confident and happy on Monday, um, wait and see what I've got tonight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. they're making his uh, his full league debut, uh, Mr Ross Black. Ross, obviously you were on the the preview show, but this is your league debut, so we're into the the proper season now, mate, so don't let me down,
2: are you alright? Yeah, absolutely spot on, buzzing with that really, you know, especially when I went at 2-1, I was like, oh no, but we'll get into it, but it's good to win in the championship, isn't it?
0: Aye, it's good to like beat teams that are, like, I mean, not like Bristol City, like Arsenal, but like they're not, um, I'm trying to think of a team not to offend here. Cheltenham. Um, watch us get Cheltenham in the cup, and I've got to ask someone to come on a review show in a couple of weeks. Um, but as, as I sort of said in the intro, um, we picked up our, our first win thanks to a debut brace from Ellis Sims and a late winner or late-ish winner from Ross Stewart. And, you know, all in all, absolutely cracking Saturday afternoon. I think we've been gagging for a win like that in a a bigger league than we've been in for a while, for a long, long time. But um, we're chatting at just past nine o'clock here, Brad. How are you feeling in the aftermath of the win, if I'm not asking a stupid question?
1: wasn't mate. And like I said on uh, Monday, um, yes, I want to win. But for me, the performance at this stage, just to show that the lads can start to compete, is a big factor for me. Um thought we started off quite bright. First five, ten minutes, and obviously got the early goal. Um, and yeah, I think... They pegged us back a little bit, but second half, like I said, complete contrast to what I said, like what we said on Monday, when we said, yeah, we maybe need the extra legs to get us through. He um, didn't make changes till late on, and the lads who were out there put on a great performance, not just the result, the performance, and it was the character going to go behind, like Ross just said there. Oh, fuck. And then to come back and uh, to win it, and to be fair, could have been another, uh, well, Sim should, should have had that big, but we're getting into that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, wasn't that, like you said, second in the league. If COVID wants to come back and the season gets curtailed, Premier League, here we come.
0: Wigan fans will be desperately hoping to call the seed enough now they're the only people in the whole currently praying for COVID. Um, if there were us, of course, which they are not because we beat them at Wembley in May. Um, Ross, same question to you. Uh, I know it's a daft question, but how are you feeling in the aftermath of that win?
2: I wasn't really. Same as Brad, you know, like it's been alluded to, we've spent so many years out with this division that kind of bit out of touch of it. So, at the same time, all Bristol City going to be any good? I don't know. But they're an established side at this level and they've got players... I Just look at the two goal scorers, Vyman and Martin. They've been there, done that for years at this level. So, conceding to players like that, we're going to have to get used to, unfortunately. But when you just to see that a lad on his debut, be so confident, score two great goals, should have had a third, as Brad said. And then I'm just buzzing as well for Ross Stewart. You know... A lot of people have said, I'm oh, well, putting a lot of faith in him. He's never played at this level, he's never scored. And once it you battle hard again and that them deliveries like that from Alex Pritchard, you can't kind of miss, can you?
0: I don't think anyone needs to be told how much I absolutely love Ross Stewart. But um I think outside of that, how are you feeling after the game, Brad? I think the first question's obviously a really obvious one. The main talking point from today's game is do Bristol City need to get stronger advertising holdings?
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> that was quite funny that wasn't <laughs>
0: it it was it was ellis Sims's face
1: of kind of like oh 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 all right all right all right sky bet demolished by spread x <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was great wasn't it and that that's just shows that the passion of the fans as well they were down in the front then yeah brilliant mate. uh yeah maybe it's a little bit more that was very League One of their advertising board, and it wasn't <laughs> it?
0: was very, very League One it was. I think I haven't seen that since, like, and I'm going back a while here. There'll be people that weren't even born. I'm trying to here, but Grimsby away in 1998, I think it was Lee Clark scored. And it was similar. The player, like Lee Clark, was about six yards away, a bit like Ellis Sims was today. And somehow they just kept pushing and pushing until the ballard just went. Um, It is quite funny. though. I, I find that the stewards' reaction, like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, it's, it's actually quite good. Um, fair play to them for not just trying to arrest everyone like some stewards do do. Um, I've come to you with, uh, with this one. Ross, obviously, I think that the real talking point, the biggest talking point was obviously a superb debut and two superb finishes from, from Ellis Sims. I think I think ourselves, I don't think we actually spoke about him on the podcast because I think he signed in between the review show and we obviously didn't come on last week. So um, we were excited about his arrival sort of privately. I think a lot of fans were excited because we've seen what he did at Blackpool. And we've seen how good he had a season last year at Hearts. Thankfully, he was really impressive today. But just how impressed were you by his performance today, Ross?
2: His finishing was brilliant, honest. You know, I, I loved um, how he had the confidence for the first goal. It just he could have took a few more touches, but he just got one under control. The second one was just to uh, lash it in, you know. And it's quite similar to the goal he scored against uh, Hibs for Hearts. Where he just took one touch under control, and then he has he backs himself and the power he can put into it and the placement. I was, I was massively impressed with how composed he was with the second goal because at first it does look a bit like, oh, he's just lost it there. The defenders got in. But then just that little touch in and then a little topo through the keeper's legs. Kind of knocked it on you. That I, was I a
0: brilliant can, finish. I kind of get over how much he looks like the, the pop star or rap star, I don't know, uh, the weekend.
2: I got the exact same text today, you know, of it's a friend saying Ellis Sims is the weekend.
0: Uh, blinded, blinded Bristol City by the light. Um, <laughs> That's he, terrible,
2: is, he is my weekend.
0: Like, honestly, like I think that might have been the worst pun I've ever said on the show. I don't even know if I should edit that, but I probably will. If I haven't, think yourself lucky, listeners, all 10 of you. Um, Sunderland's fifth best podcast strikes again. Um, I think, Brad, it's, I, you can't really add more to what obviously was said about Ellis Sims. Um, he was very, very good today. But obviously, we went two up top and changed the shape from what we did last week work to treat offensively do you think that's going to be something Alex Neal sticks with or do you think Alex neil's going to be one of those managers a bit like last season when like um, horses for courses he'll, he'll change his shape as and when he needs to
1: um, I think the early part of the season he'll change his shape as and when he needs to. like back end of last season for different reasons it was matching it up to try and get us out of that league this one I think it'd be sort of matching us up especially early days to to compete um, so we know we can get a gauge of where we're at for the first 10 games, at least. And then after that, it might be, you'll see something think, you know what, teams have to match us now. Um, but can you really change it, is what I'm thinking. Um, I mean, you've touched on the two strikes of Sims there, but I think it was only about a minute and a half, two minutes in. Uh, Gooch put a ball over the top and the pace that Sims showed, he got in, he, he, he's about 10 yards behind their centre half. And he just bombed straight past him. Um, And that really set the tone for us, I think. Um, For the rest of the game, we were just trying to pick him out. And it wasn't just lumping at the Ross score, which we have game to see sometimes, uh, if we needed to go along. It was the fact that we could have went either way. Um, And a lot of the times it was coming up the Sims, and he was holding up well. And it got to the stage where they had to make two changes, because Sims was just bullying them. They had to make two. And effectively, that that did free up Ross Stewart to play a, a very different role to what we've seen him. He was getting a lot more space and time on the ball, ball at his feet and able to run with it. Um, didn't always come off, but as it go, as the season goes on, if, they, if they're getting that sort of partnership going and teams don't know really which one that they need to, to man-mark the, the 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 tightest, for us, it's a, it's a great position to be in. And if we can have that extra strike, you're like, Mrs. Broadhead putting that tweet up and quickly deleting it the day. if we can bring someone like him in um, it's only going to get stronger for us really um, obviously Broadhead will have a good relationship with Sims already through like, playing the academy at Everton and then he's got the uh, he's got that rapport with Ross Stewart as well so if we can bring him in look we, we can mix and match it and teams will have to start competing with us but going back to what you said I think it's going to be more we're going to match up teams, especially for the next few weeks, um, whilst we haven't got the, really the depth to be able to change it as much to suit ourselves. Um, so, yeah, long-winded answer. Alex Needle, I think he'll keep changing it, but I wouldn't be against him keeping that squad, to be honest, the, the, the same team especially.
0: No, me, me neither. And obviously, we'll come on to it later, but we've got the Sheffield the game, which is another opportunity for... If he does change it at all, even if just one or two, for maybe a new shape or a, a player that hasn't had much of a look in in the first two games, to make his mark, you never know. But I think it's going to be difficult to not go um, Sims and, and Stewart up top because I think I'm lucky in the sense that I've seen an awful lot of Ella Sims at Blackpool because of obvious reasons they were in the playoffs with us, and I've seen a lot of them sort of in the flesh a couple of times last year for Hearts, and I was really excited when we just got linked to him, and I thought any chance. Like I think he's I think he's probably a little bit above a newly promoted team. So I'm delighted we've got him. Um I'm delighted to know that what I watch is not completely alien to what everyone else watches because he was there uh, he was classed today. And, and it's so nice to see I'm not gonna name names because I don't want to pick players out, but like we've had so many plotters over the past four years that can't even finish a shot like a yard away from goal, um, an open goal against Mansfield. Not going to mention any names. Um and now we have the likes of Ellis Sims that are just like, like you say before, showing the pace, showing his strength, showing his just finishing ability that is just far superior to a level that we've been at for so long, um, which is great, which is just fab. Um, I thought he was great today, but there was actually loads of good performances today, I thought, Ross, um, sort of across the park. For me, I've got to pick out Jack Clark. I was probably one of his biggest critics um, last season up until sort of near the end, almost like at the playoff playoff level i thought he, he cut in and he was obvious every time he cutting on his right foot and i thought what oh, what's he doing and ever since he's cutting on the left foot and, and set a patrick roberts to send us to wembley i think he's been great um and i don't know if that is rose tinted vision but i thought he had a great game there i thought one of his best i think obviously he's run towards the byline sort of helps Pritchard get a bit of space to get the goal um it was his cross that realistically ellis sims should have scored from and ellis shims um ellis sims should have scored from him. And um and got his hat trick. Um I thought I think Jack Clark in the first two games has been really good. But but from what you've seen, Ross, um obviously Jack Clark might be the answer for this, but from what you've seen today, you know, who were the players that stood out for you?
2: Yeah, I think Jack Clark, you know, second half when he put more more attacking roll, he's up really, really good going forward. He looks a lot more confident this year. I don't know if it's just the stability that we've got with the, the deal he's got here rather than being passed out on loan. To different clubs around the country, you know. I think he's now he knows he's got a manager who trusts him. He's clearly working with a manager because you mentioned about going on his left foot. That's something that's been coached coaching him because when he first came here, he was always going on his right, and having that different dimension it scares defenders because he's got the skill and pace to beat them. And I think him and Pritchard have linked up really well. The last few, last two games, the balls in behind, and you say Pritchard as well. For me, you know, the ball for Sims is second is absolutely. Top draw and then the cross just straight on Ross's head. Couldn't have so much more. So I think them two are going to be big, big players for us this season, creative wise. And if you think about it, Paddy Roberts, who to me probably finished the season better than Clark, Mm -hmm. had a better impact. He hasn't really gone on the pitch much, has he? So we still haven't haven't seen nothing from Paddy Roberts yet. And we know he's seen, he's proved he can do it at this level before. So I have got strength and depth in that little like number 10 like centre-attacking wingers area but he seems to like to play Clark in this wing-back role which obviously has his defensive issues but that's if we can keep getting these attacking output the way he is I think he'll have a great season with us and he's really shown that so far
0: Yeah I, I, I mean the weird thing with Jack Clark is we talk about like, like a championship experience he's won it or at least got promoted from it which is kind of odd and you kind of forget he's done that but um. Obviously, going to, to Spurs, I wouldn't say lost his way, but he, he didn't play, and and that naturally loses confidence. I think you're totally right in what you're saying. I think Alex Neal's just got hold of him and gone. You're great. You, you've been promoted from this league before. I've got no qualms. Happy to pay whatever 3.5 million rise and whatever he's have paid from. Just do what you can do, mate. And and, and I think when I, mean, I wasn't there for the conversation, I don't know if that's exactly what you said. So please, no one quote me on that. Um, but it seems like that's what he's sort of done because he just he seems like he's he's full of confidence when he gets the ball. He doesn't look like he thinks his fullback's going to get it off him. He thinks that he's going to go, well, which way am I going to go? Um, And who am I going to meet in the Middle He's thinking about the ball going in, rather than can he beat his man, which is maybe what he was like when he first came in. Um, And you've added on there about Pritchard. I I just, I I can't speak highly enough for Alex Pritchard. Um, The kind of player that I wasn't too sure on when we brought in because of um, the fact he hadn't done anything for a while. I was not 100% sure on his fitness. Um, I think we can. He's so good and so consistent. We, I sometimes forget to actually praise him. I actually sometimes forget to be like, "Oh well, Pritchard was unbelievable today." By the way, wasn't he? Because he's so yeah. consistent.
1: You sometimes nice forget him to put him in your starting eleven when we're talking about him in the group chat. I think you'll find. <laughs> I think
0: you'll find in my group chat, I have a starting ten, Brad. Um, I only have a starting <laughs> ten because I do forget oh, it's Pritchard. But it's weird. It's like it's one of those things that I do almost forget him because he's so consistently good. Um do you know how do you know how they say like George Honeywell was always a seven out of ten? Well, Pritchard is, and he's occasionally an eight and nine. Um like he's by far the best ten we've got at the club, but we've got Embo on the bench and we've got um Patrick Roberts on the bench, who in my opinion, and obviously time will tell, but I think they've both at least got the potential to be mid-range attacking championship midfielders. I think Robert's potentially even higher. I think he's if he meets his potential, he's it's massive. Still, he's still a young boy, but um, at that side of it, I have really no issues with with what we've got. But um, we've touched on Alex, uh, not Alex Pritchard, Alex Neagle, uh, a couple of times. And, and Brad, I'll throw this one to you. Obviously, we took the lead early on, and then pegged back almost immediately. Then they get a, a second goal, and then we peg them back, and then we get a winner on the face of it that's evidence of a team spirit and a belief in what the players are actually doing and b almost like a winning mentality that's now 18 games without defeat including the playoffs i think he's lost one game since he took over as the manager i don't attempt fate here brad but how good is alex
1: Name? he's he's awesome <laughs> um I, I can't praise him highly enough to be honest and I, i'm i'm more than aware and i'm not blinded the fact that at some point we will lose one, two, three or four in a row Um, but he's probably he's a manager the first time we've had in a long time who if that was to happen, touch wood um, it's going to happen but I don't want it to he's got enough in the bank though I think the fans can trust him to get it right again I mean, you only have to look back to the last manager streak yes we went on some fantastic runs but it was very streaky straight away this one we've had 18, 18 games, competitive games. Could you, could you please ref-
0: obviously- could you please refer to Lee as the professional gambling manager? Lee Johnson, please. Um, I want him to be known as the professional gambler, no longer just Lee. Thank you very much. Do continue. I
1: do apologize for that, sir. Um <laughs> so uh yeah, him. Um I've lost my trail of thought now. Yeah, but like we said on Monday. <laughs> um we haven't really seen his taste of defeat. I can't remember if it was February or March. So he has got that in the bank now, and unlike other managers as well, he gets he gets the club. And if we when we do get beat, it, it's going to hurt him as much as it'll hurt us. But I have full confidence, Alex Neal. Through a defeat, he'll come back even stronger because he keeps talking about all these little bits that he sees through the game, and we're not losing, and he's changing it, and he's getting it right the next week. So. I just think he's our—he's the best manager I think we've had personally since maybe he's Roy Keane. It, it could even well, you say Sam Allardyce for different reasons, but for me, someone who I enjoy being our manager, I, I just—I'm I, like every time he talks, I'm like, yes, i i, I get you, I understand what you where you, where you come from, and he, he doesn't try and sugarcoat anything, and that's all we've ever wanted. Don't try and bullshit us, and yeah, I mean. Every, everything, that he, every little change he's making, even mid-game, it's just working. I I, I can't think of a time where I've went, F- what do you do that for? You know what I mean? It usually uh, it happens two or three times in a game, but I can't think of one where I've went, I disagree with that. or And if I ever went to think I disagree with that, I've refrained from putting it on Twitter because five minutes later, I've, <laughs> it, it proves me wrong. So long may that continue, mate. Um. I'm a big fan of him, you know I am, I know you are, we all are on this on this pod. So, yeah, I, he's just a great manager, really.
0: For, for me, I can't wait, he leads us back to the Premier League and then does a Ranieri in Leicester and we win the Premier League in like three years' time or something. And we go back through the story of Alex Neil and there's a big documentary on the TV show and we remember that he was announced by a fan taking a photo of him at... Uh, Durham train station <laughs> um, after we lost against Cheltenham in midweek. I can't wait for that. Um, fingers crossed it does happen. Ross, um, we like balance on this show. Uh, so we do indeed need to look at a couple of negatives. Um, offensively, we've waxed lyrical because we were great. We've waxed lyrical about our manager for obvious reasons. But I agree with him when he said both goals were very cheap. Um I think it's harsh to have a goal Ballard because I thought you made some really good blocks and had a good game and I think he's going to be a great player. But I, I, I do think there's a couple uh, of those goals where Ballard could have maybe done better and as Danny Bart as well. And maybe I'm being really really harsh, but that's that's the point. I like to have a bit of balance in here. How much should those cheap goals concern us?
2: Yeah, I think it is concerning that we've now considered three goals in two games. Um, obviously he can't really do much with a Coventry one. But I thought Gooch, to me, looked like a, a player who didn't really understand the defensive role he was in for the first goal. Uh, he just seemed to like forget he was there and just concentrate on the offside. And that kind of leave Ballard exposed as well, because he, he doesn't know where to come across. So it was messy. I think that's a word I'd say. It was very messy. And then the second goal, I think, as much as obviously waxing about Pritchard, he does lose his man. And then that puts us exposed. So I think it's more as a unit rather than individuals. I've got the thing for, because I feel like when, sorry, I mis- really said that wrong. When we have players in, I think like, so a, a right back, I think we need a specialist right back. We're going to need another centre midfielder who's got the legs to cover that area. I think when when they're in place, them kind of goals can be avoided. But I think at the moment, I think, unfortunately, errors are like that Like that, are probably all going to be made, especially with Gooch, as much as I think he was great for uh, going forward on, on last Sunday, I think. And he does bring that to us, you know what I mean? How when he gets forward, I think defensively, he is a bit lacking and he showed that in League One, so he's going to show it in the championship and that's no disrespect to him.
0: He does tend to go for balls in the midfield. I noticed that today, and I feel like I'm being dead harsh because I think he's been all right. Yeah. Um, but I do think he, he went for balls today and last week, even defensively, that he didn't need to go for it. and it, it does leave you just short at the back. And and I suppose maybe that's because it's not his position. But um, I'd like a specialist right back. Um,
2: yeah, I, I think get... a right back. Is, I think a right back as well will help us hold our shape a lot more off yeah. the ball. And I think that's where we are coming a bit unstuck because Gooch is great when you're on a high press, but sometimes he just needs to hold that line. Keep the uh, keep the line with the midfield in front, and then not expose any gaps in behind them. Talking of right backs,
0: um, actually didn't write this down as a thing we discuss, discussed, but um, Winchester no way to be seen again. Diaku obviously actually got on the pitch today, and we discussed Diaku on last week's show. Um, I don't know if it's a concern that Winchester's not in the squad, but I do really like him. But there's a, I suppose. He's going to be worried, isn't he? That that's now two weeks where he's not even made the squad and last year he was he was vital. Last year he was, to be fair, on the verge of one of our players of the year, we're completely honest.
2: It is, but I think at the same time, Alex Nail's made it pretty clear that he's going to pick a bench for the team we play against as well. So we probably will see Winchester play on Wednesday. I think we'll see a lot of the lads who aren't in the squad on the bench play a full ninety. Because they need the minutes and the legs, on a plus to play against playing against Sheffield Wednesday team, which is at League One level, which is where they're at. But I do think they like to Winchester, matetia and Hume will be looking over the shoulders about potential loans or even permanent deal in Winchester's case. I think because once we bring more players in, it's going to be even harder for them lads to break through. And I've got to like see, I've got full faith in Alex us to realise which players he thinks can make the step up and which players he thinks can't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll openly be honest. I, I really, really like Carl Winchester as um, as an entity, um, if that's a thing. Um, but like, I do trust Alex Neal to make the right decision on that. Like, I've got no reason to to question him on it. But let's let's pretend we are Alex Neal. You've sort of touched on it a little bit there, Russell. So I'll throw this one to Brad. But um, fresh rumours about Nathan Broadhead this week. Um, it feels like there's been rumours about Nathan Broadhead for weeks. I don't think... I don't like to speak for everyone, but I think I can speak for everyone that including Dave, that's part of this. We all like that to happen, even if that is a loan. I'd prefer to be permanent, but um, I wouldn't mind him in, in any way, ships as a form, because I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. Um, but we've now had a chance to see Sunderland at championship level for two games. I know you can't judge an entire season on what you would need necessarily, but we've seen the level of maybe one lower half-mid table team which we beat today, and we've seen, in my opinion, a, a very decent championship outfit in Coventry. So we've seen a little bit about where we, we might need things, um, where we do look a bit short. And me and Ross have just had that discussion about Gucci and maybe bringing in a right-back in midfielder. Where do you think we need to strengthen? Do you agree with me and Ross? Or, or would you potentially bring in... Do you think we need more bodies elsewhere as well?
1: Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. Um, I'm quite shocked you haven't seen Hume really, since the season started, because I personally think he was probably one of our standouts in pre-season. Um, I know you can't judge too much on pre-season, but that's what it's there for, for, for the manager to have a look. And I was very impressed with him. So I know we have got an out-and-out right-back in Hume, but again, he's he's only young. So maybe his loan deal wouldn't be the worst thing for him. Um, I'm still thinking we do need another centre midfielder. Um, I know we've, we're stuck there with bodies, but we haven't got really, apart from Corey Evans, who, by the way, again, 20... 20- seconds got a yellow card then he was outstanding for the for the remainder um but we need that extra championship midfielder in there maybe is like a 30 year old player 28 30 year old because as much as i love dan Neal, um the last well especially today I thought he was very poor now I'm not going to get on his back straight away um but when he needs his break which will probably be coming up and taking out the side who would you bring in Luke O'Neill, Untried Matete, young uh, not doesn't I, I, I still think he's probably his only league one standard at the minute but that's been harsh a little bit harsh because he's only a young lad Um. so yeah for me we need someone who can come in like when Daniel or even Corey Evans goes off the ball a bit to, to be able to come in for them and do a job straight away and for us not to say well they only learn and we need to wait and things like that you know we're, we're what we've said about a lot of them last year. Um, So for me, centre midfielder is is the glaringly obvious one. Um, We definitely need cover for Sirkin because although he's actually played well the last couple of games, we're only one injury away from being knackered at left-back, really. Um, Yeah, right-back, I would tend to agree, but then Bailey Wright done a job there last year, if he needs to come in. Bailey Wright's more than Kate will have playing at right-back. Like you said, Gooch, Winchester, Lugo Nyan. I, I know I've just said that they're not tried and tested at this league, but we've seen them play at right-back and they can do a job if needed, but I would agree an experienced right-back I wouldn't be uh, against. And definitely Nathan Broadhead. Um, if not him, it's really back to the drawing board and what strikers do we want because there'll be someone coming in that we don't really know. Um. Unless it's, again, we're going to be looking at maybe championship experience strikers, like the two up front of Bristol City. There's someone from that standard. Um, So there are still areas that do need strengthening, but I don't want to go too much into that one for myself because we just came off a win. And at the minute, they're all gods to me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, me and embleton I was very shocked to see him not in the side because I thought he was actually one of our standouts last week against Coventry. Um, but Alex Neal's brought him on. I, I think he'll probably get a, a good 70, 70, 80 minutes on Wednesday night and could be in the side against QPR. I think you're going to have a, a good core of six, seven, eight players maybe. And there's always going to be three or four that are rotating, but it's the strength that we need. So, yeah, right back, left back, centre mid and... A striker for me and possibly even a third goalkeeper someone who's quite experienced because if something happens to Patterson yes we've got this lad in from Portsmouth, but we know nothing about him and uh, he'll play on Wednesday and he, he might pull off a couple of good saves but still I still think we could do with a very experienced number three or someone who's at least pushing the other two as well
0: Scott Carson <laughs> he loves a number three uh, Rob Green, whatever he's doing these days, he's loves number four, number three. No, um,
1: no, no. Rob Green's tipping Man United to finish second in the Premier League. He needs to stay as far away from this club as possible. Yeah,
0: maybe. Maybe he knows maybe. nothing. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I think
1: I, I know fuck all. I think he, he's worse than me.
0: <laughs> Champions League winner, though, I, I must believe. Um, I think on on broadhead, I, I agree with you on broadhead. There's a few people saying it's now not just a time like. The, to kind of move on and and I do get that like I totally get the moving on from him because um, you don't want to be waiting forever and there's like there's been so many situations where we've kind of clung on for lone players Barini being the one that really sticks out but for me I think he's probably worth waiting about for because realistically he'll be alright coming here he knows the club he's here last season we know what we're getting in him Alex Neal knows what he's getting in him We even know the issues that come with him, which were the issues with uh, the injuries, sorry, injury issues he had last season. Um, there's obviously probably a plan already in place from last season to try and maintain his fitness as best he can. Um, but on top of that, the two centre forwards that we have, he's played with both, um, LSMs for years in the academy. I don't know how often, like, I, I haven't studied Everton's academy, I'm assuming. They're both around the same age. They've had one or two games together at least, um, and lots of training. Ross Stewart, you linked it with quite well last year. Um, so for me, the pros of waiting for Nathan Broadhead, even if it's last day of the window, outweigh the cons. Um, and and I, I really like Nathan Broadhead, so 100. But I, but I agree with everyone else on what we think. What I think we need, I'd like a right back. Um, I thought Hume did have a really good preseason, but if he gets put in and has a couple of shaky games then you you're going well there's none no specialist right back or experienced one I really wish um Huggins was fit because every time I seen him last year in like those four or five games he looked really good and I know he is another unexperienced player that has never played championship football but I think I'd, I'd like to think the Majority of Sunderland fans can see a football player when, when when one's there. And I think we all collectively agree that Huggins looked really good. Um good sort of final question because we're all buzzing. Uh, we've talked an awful lot about who we need to bring in, but it's class with you know, Coventry and, and Bristol City. If you'd given me four points um last like two weeks ago, considering we were getting beat off like Akron and Land season, um, out would have I would have literally snapped more than um your hand off. I would have snapped maybe another part of my anatomy off. Um, for four points, if I'm completely honest, so delight we've got it. But there's a game on Wednesday, which is probably quite an interesting one because if we're only playing QPR next Saturday, you're saying same side, yeah. You, how do you change it? Um, you know, have your own personal battles and, and and set up a plan to to beat QPR or get something from the QPR game, but you've got to keep that starting eleven because of the result. However, we've got a game against Chef Wed. Um, so I throw this one to you, Ross. Um, do you change it up? completely do you put one or two changes in or do you continue with the same eleven that finished this game and try and continue this momentum that we've started the season with?
2: I think Alex Neil will do a mix and match to be honest. I think he'll plug you'll think of still of it as like a although it's a competitive game. This year is all about the league. We're not going to do much in the League Cup if we're realistic. So you you mentioned about the players not even getting in the squad if they need minutes. So I think they'll they'll have a part to play. The likes of Valisi will play a centre-half. Bailey Wright will be in there. Bass will get his chance. So I think it'll be, be a good win. Yeah, you never know when We might have a player in by then <laughs> to then go in because it's been a while since Alex Nail said he wanted three or four more in. So the, the way we are with transfers, we could sign someone tomorrow and it would just be out the blue and he could be playing. So I think it'll be a mix and match. I think he'll rest Stuart because Stuart has played. Two ninety minutes now off the bounce just on, on the back of short pre-season off-season for him so you might see Sims get a few more minutes and um, mix it up you might even <laughs> unfortunately well this third striker you might see Dejao up front or Diamond because that happened a lot in pre-season so we'll just gonna have to wait and see and just see the way Alex Neal sees it but I think it'll be great to win and I think he, he, he understands that momentum is a big thing but I think on the other hand as well, I think he knows that the club knows, and the fans know that if we do unfortunately get beat off Sheffield Wednesday, it's not the end of the world. No. And I, and I think it's quite interesting
0: that obviously you look at Sheffield, Sheffield of Sunland three years ago, their fans will demand promotion this season. They've got to win it. MK Dons today. Um, who bizarrely, by the way, I keep looking at the League One table and it just it really doesn't matter. Um, I, I don't know why I'm looking at the League One table because it means absolutely diddly squat. Um, MK Dons lost two their first two games. Interesting. Um, but Sheffield obviously got a win at MK Dons today and the drew three three with Pompey last week. Their fans are going to be demanding promotion. Um, obviously they're a massive club, so who knows what their squad and what their side is going to be. And if there's an inkling that they're going to play a weak side, then then you kind of Maybe you give six to seven players ninety minutes as opposed to just two or three, like he might do if it's quite a strong Sheffield Wednesday squad. But um, all in all, buzzing, great. It's great to be doing Championship podcasts. I never thought I'd say that five years ago or ten years ago. Sorry, um, but it is great to be talking about Sunderland winning games in the Championship. It's felt like it was never going to happen, and um, it's been class, and um, even more entertaining. It's been brilliant not to have Dave on the first two shows. Who has decided that uh, beer gardens are better, Dave? So I hope you're listening, mate. Now, love you really. Um, but Brad and Ross, thanks very much for joining me on a day when Sunderland beat uh, Bristol City by three goals to two to get our first Championship win this is we beat Wolves three 0 Please do um, what is it? Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, I've got to start saying that haven't I? But um, most importantly, um, Brad and Ross, thanks so much for joining me, mate. Thank you.
1: Cheers, Graham. Cheers, Graham.
0: You, you are you are welcome. We'll uh-huh.